0: Hey, good, morning. good morning, morning. Matt, thanks for that prayer. It's a sermon in itself. It was good. And I mean, challenging and re- reminding of the goodness of God in our lives. Hey, my name's Kent, and I am privileged. I get to serve here as an elder. I see a lot of familiar faces, but then uh, pretty common around this place to see a lot of people that I don't know, and so um, on Mother's Day, man... I know this day is, for some, it's already been said, but it's a difficult day, and for some, it's a great day, and it's awesome. I'll just say, you could have gone to church anywhere. There's a ton of churches in our area, uh, but you've come here, and I am personally just grateful that you came, and that you're here, and I get to see you, and um, I did have a friend recently tell me, there's, it's hard to find a good church in this area, one that teaches expository preaching of just preaching through the Bible and not just a bunch of ideas, but just preaching the Bible and as well as finding community, people who are really, who love Jesus and want to make much of him in their lives. And um, so while we're not a perfect church here, we're far from it. Um, We came here in 2016 uh, to City Church and um, man, it has turned out uh, to be everything that I'd hoped for, especially in my kids. We've got three kids and man, I just... We have grown to love this church, and I'll talk about it in a minute. The friends that we have gained, and as I look out and see so many friends, people we've walked through a lot of different things with, and I'm just grateful for, um, for this church, and so privileged privilege this morning to get to, to share with you. Um, if you were not here last week, you missed out, didn't you? Those of you who were here, you just know, go, kind of looking at me. Did, did they miss out if they weren't here? Absolutely, because we had... Uh, 19 baptisms, which is the reason we do what we do around here is to, to move people to faith in Christ and then to disciple them to know him more and more and then become disciple makers themselves. And so we had 19 through three services of kids all the way up to, I don't know how the oldest one was adults and people who've have gone from death to life in Him. And man, that is the reason if you can't get excited about that, then there's something wrong. I don't know if you, you I don't know. It's awesome, and so, and I love the way we do baptisms around here, and we get to show the stories of everybody on the screen, and that's the message for the day: is the lives that have been transformed. And so, I wish, I almost wish we could do that every week because it's so powerful. And so, if you missed out uh, last week, you really did; you missed out, and uh, I'm sorry about that. Um, you can go back and watch it on the screen. Probably not as powerful, but man, it was awesome to be here. I love those services. Another thing I love about our church. But before that, we've been in the book of Acts, so if you've got your Bible, hope that you do, uh, we're going to look at Acts chapter 4 and verse 23 through 31. I'm going to do my best to get through that scripture, although I could probably stick on the first, on verse 23 and 24 alone, the entire message. So um, let me ask you this, probably in your Bible, mine says, the believers pray for boldness. That's the title of this, this subtitle of this section right here. Hey, let me ask you a question. When's the last time you were bold? Like, you were. You look back at your life and go, man, I was bold then. You know what? First thing that came to my mind when I thought about this question, there's a lot of things, not that I'm known for boldness, and I hope I am on some level, but boldness for him. But my first thought when I thought, when was I bold? It was when I was 20 years old, and I was a single, ready to mingle, and... um, I was with a buddy, I was a student minister at a small church, he was at a larger church, and he took a small group of his kids to the Ranger game one night, and there's like uh, it was a 15-passenger van, and I think uh, there was, he and I, and then it must have been 12, like the disciples that we went to the, um, to the Ranger game, and I don't remember the game at all, I remember they stunk back then, they're a little this year, uh, we're hoping. Um, so we go to Chili's, though, after the game, and we walk in, you know, you walk into Chili's and the hostess is there. And you're looking for seats and all that. you got to go up to the hostess. And when I walked in, I immediately, because I was a single man back then, I noticed this girl. I was like, well, she's pretty attractive. I like her. Yeah. I think I like to get to know her. And so, of course, I'm at table for the disciples and then me and, me and Pat Hood. This is my friend Pat. Not the Pat here. But anyway, me and Pat. And so... I uh, got a closer look at her. I'm like, yeah, she's even better, close. So thought, all right. So we sit down, and I made the mistake to say something to him. It was such a stupid decision to tell him that I thought, I like her. I'd like to maybe go out on a date with this girl. And so he wouldn't let it go. And then the, the other disciples with us, they, um, they, started, they heard about it, and they started giving me grief on it. And then we get... He keeps telling me you need to go talk to her, go go ask her for a number, go ask her. I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it too shy. I'm not doing it. And then the kids start saying stuff, and like we leave and we get in the van. I remember us backing out of the parking space, and he is giving me such a hard time. He's like, you know what? And I'm 20 years old. Can you remember? He's like, um, you just you're just not really a man yet, I don't think. And I said, you stop the van right now. I'm going in. So he pulls up right there in front of Chili's, you know, and it's packed. It's a Friday night or whatever. And I walk in the the entrance in the foyer and uh, oh, this is such great news for me. Walk in and there's people all sitting around and they're all not talking. And I remember it being quiet and there she is. This beautiful woman, this beautiful woman. I walk in and I say, hey, I don't remember exactly what I said, but it is, hey, I was just in here And I was just wondering, I would love to maybe uh, go to dinner or something with you. Could I get your number? And I'll never forget what she said. She said, how old are you? I said, "Uh, I'm 20. Like, that's a good thing. She said, well, I'm 15. And I said, well, you have a good night. And I walked out of there. So let's pray. Let's have an invitation. Let's pray. Uh, yeah, so I get back to the van, and I'm like, it didn't go well. It didn't go well. Just go. You, you guys are a bunch of idiots, you know, making me do something like that. But I had, really, that's the first thing I think about when boldness. And so, you know, when I was really bold was back when I was 20. There have been other times in my life. But in regards to your walk with Christ, he calls us. Well, I'm going to transition from Chili's and boldness of there to ask a girl out over to talking about Jesus. Um, in your walk with Christ... Seriously, he calls us, he says we're the light of the world, right? You're the salt of the earth. He calls us to boldness. He calls us to live out our faith. Our faith is very personal, but it's something we share with other people that we're called to share. And so when you think about your own life, when is it that you've been bold for Christ? Like you've got a story. Do you know Christ? He changed your life at some point. For me, it was when I was just a little boy and then when I was 13 or so. He really moved in my life through an ugly divorce with my parents. But I saw him move so powerfully in my life during that time. Man, I have a story. And I'm getting up in years. And I've been walking with Christ for a long time. And so I can share a lot of things about him. But if I just keep it to myself, and I'm timid about my faith. Man, he didn't call me to be timid about my faith. He called me to be bold about him. To make much of him. And this, and the believers in Acts Man, I love the book of Acts. And Ryan, as he's preached through Acts, I, I love it. I mean, I'm like, let's just go through Acts. Let's do it again. It's, I just love it. And we see the, the mess that they were. They're a mess on their best day, like I feel, almost every day. I'm a mess on my best day. But then you see the Spirit of God come. And he uses it, and people come to faith, and lives are changed. Do you know this? The reason we're here today, the reason I'm standing on this stage and talking to you from the Bible The reason you're sitting in the chair that you're sitting in is because they weren't timid about their faith. It's because they were bold in their faith. Because they chose in midst of persecution to say, you know what, he's worth it. He's worth following. Despite the persecution, despite whatever comes, Jesus said you'll have trouble. We know it's coming. We're still going to go forward. We're still going to focus on him making much of Jesus. And because of their faithfulness, this is what's amazing to me. Because of their faithfulness, all those years ago, thousands of years ago, I'm here today and you're here today. And somebody in 1977 told me about Jesus. It made it all the way to me and I gave my life to Christ. Way back then, back before Color TV. It was amazing. It was Color TV, I think, then. But it wasn't very good. Do you know what I'm saying? All that time, all this way, and I came to know Christ because they were faithful And so we get to the point in the story in Acts chapter 4. We're going to read verse 23 to 31. But first, let me set the stage of where we are in case you forgot because of the baptisms. If you weren't here, I hadn't been here. So in Acts 3, a lame man is healed. Peter and John are there. Peter and John are involved in that. They start preaching. Thousands and more people get saved. And they come to know Christ. They begin a relationship with Jesus. We use that word saved. I'm even hesitant to use that word because some people don't really understand what that means. They came to know Christ. They begin a relationship with him. And man, as you would expect, man, it's not a popular thing among the religious leaders and it causes a commotion. And so what happens is they get thrown in jail. Jesus said, you're going to have trouble, but you know this? This is one of the very first times they've really experienced trouble since Jesus is gone. Like really persecution. Jesus said, you're going to be persecuted. Just expect it. Well, finally it hits and they get thrown in jail. And they tell them, you need to stop all this stop that bunch of bull talking about Jesus we don't need to do that anymore and threaten them and then they release them and so finally that's where we are in Acts chapter 4 verse 23 so if you'll stand in in honor of the reading of God's word I put my glasses on because I've just got to deal with it now and accept it I can't see so I got my pretty blue glasses For truly, in the city, there were gathered together against your holy servant, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined, whatever your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant your servants to continue to speak your word. Here it is, with all boldness, while you stretch out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place, this is like, just like Pentecost. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the Word of God with what? With boldness. That's right. Boldness. You can have a seat. This passage is so good. So good. And Let me say, I don't have a ton of time, but you can take from this this morning. The main idea for this, for the whole, this little short passage, be bold and strong when difficult times and when hard times come in your life. Be bold. Be strong even when difficult times come. Let me remind you: these guys, more than likely, one of the first times that they've experienced a lot of difficulty in their lives, and they're thrown in jail. And the first thing that you see in verse 23, if you look at verse 23, see if it's up there. I'll uh, just do that instead of putting my glasses on. When they were released, they went to who? They went to their who? They went to their friends. These guys, you would think, and as I read commentaries this week and thinking and listening or reading what scholars had said about this, it's very intentional where they went. They could have gone to, their apo- to the apostles, but they chose to. They ju- Again, remind you, they've been in jail. Everything Jesus had said to them is now coming true. This is not going to be a cakewalk. Following Jesus is going to cause something. It's going to cause something. They put us in jail. They threatened us, and now we get out. And where do they go in the times when it's really difficult? And they're probably going, wow, the reality has set in. This is gonna be hard. It's gonna be really difficult. Where do they go? They go to their friends. King James uh, calls it their company, their people. Companions, I think the uh, New American Center says they're companions. ESV says they're friends. They went to their friends. Guys, when you, when you read the Bible, and I hope that you do, okay? I hope that when you come here, you don't just read uh, the Bible only when it's taught on Sunday. That's how he speaks to us, right? He speaks to us primarily that it's not through all these other different things, although he can speak through other ways. His primary way is through his word. And he, he would love to speak to you through his word Right, but when you read this and you see what um, what what happens with these guys, that they go to their friends. We could just stop right here and go. This one verse speaks a time, and let me just make a quick application because we want to here at our church not just read a bunch of scripture, but you want to teach, you want to preach, teach toward application. How does this apply in my life? When they were released, they went to their friends. Let me ask you a question: Who are your closest friends? Like, when you think about, I mean, this is, I know I'm right at the top. I could list this, 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 this person, this person, this person. Who are your closest friends? And for the sake of time, let me just jump to it. Your closest friends in your life, as a follower, of, if you're a follower of Jesus. Now, Jesus, he was a friend of sinners. But his closest friends were 12 guys, wasn't it? 12 guys. He poured his life into them. You think about your closest friends, you, Those that are closest to you and your dearest people that you know should be people. Listen to me. They should be pushing you closer to Jesus, that you would look more like him. And some of us in this room, even today, maybe this is the point of today for you, is that you need to reevaluate your friendships. Not that you disconnect from people, because you need to be a light in a dark world, but your closest friends... They need to be people that, that will encourage you. you just look down there, look at Matt, and go, Matt's a really good friend of mine. And over the years, we've grown and had different things go on in our lives, but I know I can count on Matt. I know he will pour into me and encourage me. Not discourage me, but encourage me. Look, I look around the room. Gordy, you prayed for me earlier. Where are you, Gordy? Right there in front. Gordy's another good friend of mine. Rob, back over here is a good friend of mine. I look around this room and go, man, I have such great friends. My closest friends are people that will push me to show more of the fruit of the Spirit in my life, of love, joy, peace, all all these things of the fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians, those are going to be more evident in my life when I have friends who are pushing me to look more like Jesus. And so your closest friends, look, guys, life is hard. You If you lived any amount of time at all, you know this. We go from one struggle to another, one storm to another. Man, I need people in my life when the storms hit, and I've had a a rough couple months, a a rough few months, had a really good friend of mine who passed away. doesn't even make sense. And to have friends who would come around me and just pray for me and check on me and encourage me. What I don't need in my life are people who will discourage me or who don't know Jesus who will push me to him. I need people who are followers of Jesus who will sometimes have to correct me and say, yeah, you might want to rethink that. I think you're out of line in that area. I need people in my life who will walk with me who love Jesus. And by the way, every one of us in here, doesn't matter where you are in your walk with Christ, you just came to know him, you need to have somebody that's a little bit further ahead of you in, in their walk with Christ, someone who would really challenge you. And maybe somebody as well that you're bringing along with you, that you're discipling as well. And so who, who are your friends? We have in, this, in, in our church I think, called Fight Club's. It's three or four men, meeting with men, read the Bible, um, pray, discuss life, know that you have a friend that you're um, doing life with. And then women, three or four women, meeting with women, studying the Bible and um, challenging each other. Guys, look, I already said this. There's a ton of churches in the area. Some of you have been, maybe it's not for you. You need to pray and be where God wants you. But some of you, potentially, could it be that you've been been dating the church for too long? And it's time to say, I need to plant my life. And while this church isn't perfect, there are men and women I'm looking across, and there's a lot of people on here, and I go, solid man of God, solid woman of God, who I know will challenge and are there, and not perfect, but people who are there that will walk with you and walk with me during life's difficult things. And so when I look at this scripture... Right there, we can just hold a message. Stop right there. They were in jail. They had a tough time. They come out. Where do they go? They went to their closest friends. They didn't go to the apostles. They went to their buddies and reported what happened. So it told them what happened. And in verse 24, what does it say? And when they heard it, their friends, they lifted their voices together to God. What did they do? They prayed. And they said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, I want you to see this. Man, I wish I had more time. This word right here. You remember it says, O oh, Sovereign Lord. They begin the prayer of Sovereign Lord. By the way, in this prayer that these, that these people are praying, they're following the Lord's prayer. Jesus modeled it out for them in Matthew 6. This is how you pray. Hallowed be your name. They start giving praise to God. They get through, of the seven verses, there's five of them before they even get to a request. And the request is not even selfish. It's about, God, we want to be bold for you. So they get to this, Sovereign Lord, Lord in Greek, 700 times in the New Testament. This is the word for it, kurios. And that's typical. When you see Lord in the New Testament, that's almost always what it is, 700 times. But in this particular passage, in verse 24, it says, sovereign Lord. It's not kurios in Greek. It's this word, despotes. Guys, I'm telling you, I've been a believer my, almost my whole life because I was a kid. And God can still talk to me and show me new things. This word is alive and it's active and we got to open it up and study it. This word right here, I would just flown by this scripture had I not been studying it. The last two times I've taught, taught in student groups the other night, God taught me something I never knew and I got to teach it and then this and like, This is amazing, because this word also means Lord. It's only used five times in the whole Bible, three times referring to God. And it means this. It means dictator. And when I think dictator, I think of Kim Jong-un, a guy who rules by fear and hatred and whatever he wants, and he doesn't care at all. Now, you think about him. That dude's bad. He needs Jesus. Now, think of someone who is the complete opposite, and it's the Lord God Almighty who doesn't rule from fear or hatred. He rules from a pool of love and compassion for you, that he loves you greater than anything you could ever experience or know. Some of you on Mother's Day, um, we have three kids, and, and I've got three, and I love them so much. Sometimes I would like to mm, pinch their head off or knock them in the jaw. But, um, but I love them so much. My mother, before she passed, she would tell me all my life, you just never know how much I love you. Yeah, okay, Mom, whatever. And she passed away in 2016 from cancer. And before she passed away, I remember us talking just days before she died. And I I said, Mom, you remember you used to tell me I just love you so much. I love you more than you could ever know. And I said, I I think I understand. It's because I have kids. Because I would give my life for those kids. I don't know if I'd give my life for you, but I would give my life for those (laughs) kids. Right? I love them so much. You love someone in this world that you love so much. I want you to, it's exponentially more, the Lord God, the despotes, the the dictator who is in complete and absolute and total control, loves you more than you could ever fathom. you know that? And so no matter what you've been through, some of you are walking through very difficult seasons in your life, and it's very, very difficult, and you don't even know how you're going to walk and get through another day. And some of you are going through great seasons, I know this about God because he's sovereign and in control no matter what has happened. And there have been times in my life where I've questioned him, but no matter what, he's walking with me. Times in my life where I've just questioned him and doubted him. And so much in my life, I've, I relate to the story of Joseph in, in Genesis 50 when he gets at the end, he's been sold into slavery. You know, 13 years he didn't even hear from God. Joseph, 13 years, basically just God was silent. And yet Joseph remained faithful, continued following even when he probably doubted God and questioned him. And then at the end in Genesis 50, let me find it. Well, if I can find it, I'll tell you. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. Hey, listen to me. I don't know what it is you're going through. I don't know what, if there's uncertainty, if there's medical issues in your life, health issues, job issues, relationship issues, and things that you might question in your life, if you're a believer and follower of Jesus, you can rest and know that he is despotes, that he is in complete and total control of your life. No matter what, and your kids you may, or someone else, you're just worried so sick, you would sit back and, like, the, like, the, uh, like Peter and John and, the, and those other believers, sit back and go, they threw him in jail. Yeah, they think they have power. Those jokers think they have power. Oh, God, you are sovereign over all. You're sovereign over all. And you can trust him, whatever's going on with you. Know and trust that God is sovereign and he knows what's going on in your life. Listen to me. Look at me. He knows what's going on in your life. And he can be trusted. He can be trusted even when bad things happen and you don't, it don't even make sense. I got things in my life that don't make any sense. You can go through the list of things and go, why, God? And I won't know this side of heaven. I won't know it doesn't make any sense. But I still trust that he is this, that he's in control, and I can trust him. And my job is just to remain faithful and trust in him. Jump down. i got to hurry. The other scripture that I was reading is from Psalm 2. These people knew their Bible. They were telling about things that were going to happen. It was coming true. And then we get to verse 29. Let me just jump down there. It says this, And now, Lord... Look, they're saying this to God. He is El Roy. He sees everything, right? Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants. Your servants, in that word right there, is a bondservant or a slave. They're saying, God, you're in control. We trust you. Our lives are yours. So we're your slave. And so grant to your slave, us, to continue to speak your word with all boldness. And while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus, God sees their situation and then what they asked for, they didn't ask to be delivered out of what they were going to be facing. They didn't ask for that. What did they ask for? Tell me. They asked for boldness. God, give me boldness. We believe so much in you, Jesus, that despite the persecution, despite all that's going to happen, God, that we, we know and love you enough that we're going to trust that you're going to walk with us through the most difficult of circumstances. And they trust him. They, didn't ask him, they weren't asking him to get out of it. They said, God... Give us boldness to share Jesus, because you've changed our lives. Has he changed your life? These people's prayer. Man, it's so challenging. Man, you just spend all the time on that right there. Verse 31 it says, "And when they <laughs> this is so good. and when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they, what, continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Did he answer their prayer? Yes. He answered their prayer. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you for the response. I love the response. Did he answer their prayer? Yes. yes. So what did they pray for? They pray for boldness. God, we trust that you're sovereign and in control. We're asking you not to be delivered, but to use us, give us more boldness. Let me tell you something. On Wednesday night, our student ministry here in, in our church it is awesome. It's so good. And we had seven seniors who got up and spoke, and they shared their story with boldness. They weren't expecting a response, but I sat back in the middle school and the high school hour with tears in my eyes listening to the stuff that they've been through. I and mean, some of it's very difficult, and very difficult, and I hate some of the stuff they've been through. But then to see what Jesus did in their life. you know from their boldness? Because they continued speaking in boldness, speaking with boldness. We had a sixth grader that night that came to faith in Christ, truly came to faith in Christ, because they just shared their story. Guys, what's your story? Do you know Jesus? Some of you think, man, mine is a beautifully boring story of coming to know Christ. Some of you are just like that, and some of you have a story that's, whoa. Let me tell you, man, any word spoken on behalf of Christ is never wasted, never wasted. And so you speak with boldness, whatever your story is, Who do you need to share your story with? you got people in your life that you've never... You might not even remember the last time you told your story. And God's calling you to be just like them, to say, God, I need boldness. God, give me boldness to share my story with people to make much of you Jesus. Amazing boldness, listen to this, amazing boldness flows out of a vibrant faith. If your faith is weak, then you will not live a bold life for Jesus. You just won't. You'll always opt for comfort. You'll always opt for easy. And you'll always opt for security. And that's not the life I want to live. Live for Jesus. Live for him. If you have a story, God says, I want to use it. Ladies and mothers in here, again, I know this is going to be a difficult day for some of you. It's a great day. If you have children, what greater gift could you give to your kids? Honestly. What greater gift could you give to your kids than if you were to live for Jesus and live boldly for him? What greater gift? I am the testimony of a mom who lived boldly for Jesus. I I am the man I am. There's no doubt it's because my mother poured into me. So let me encourage you. You may have made mistakes in the past and felt like you haven't done as well as you should. But God's calling you. Now from this day forward, men, women, grandmothers, moms, dads, all of us. To live our lives out boldly for Him, to let Him use your story, to say, Man, I, I haven't walked on Jesus, but man, I need you now. And I'm challenged to do it now just from their story. That God, they're calling out to God, saying, God, help us to live more boldly for you. What's He calling you to? Some of you in this room, you don't even know Him. Today's your day. What are you waiting on? It's the greatest decision ever made. Is it give my life to God? And so many of you here would testify to that. What are you waiting on? Give your life to, to the God who loves you more than you can ever fathom. This morning, we're going to have, I'm going to be down the front with some other elders. We'd we'll love to talk with you, would love to, to, to show you what it means to, to know Christ and lead you to begin a relationship with Him. So, we'd we'll love to do that. Um, and then we're going to have other ladies in here. Look, we know that today can be really, really difficult. And so we have some of our ladies team who are going to be spread out around the room in the back and the front as we sing that you can go to for prayer. We'd love to see that happen. And as we're doing that as well, we're going to have some of the fourth and fifth grade kids who are going to come in and pass out some pretty flowers to you ladies and just to honor you and hope that you have a, a very special day. Here's what I hope, though, today, is that God would speak to your heart, even now in this moment, to say, man, I don't want to live comfortably and doing nothing. I want to live boldly for him because that's what he's called us to do. You know what what causes boldness? is when you reflect on where you were before you knew Christ. When, When he came running after me as a sinner and an enemy against him and then breathed life into me, it's like, oh my gosh, because of what you did in me, how can I not live boldly? So just to be reminded of that causes us to live boldly. All right? Let's stand. I'm going to pray and then we're going to sing. Lord, thank you for our time today. God, thank you for your word. Thank you, God, that you're sovereign. Oh, you're sovereign. And we can trust you. God, speak to us now as we sing. Remind us of your goodness, Lord. We love you. Praise you, God, for this, um, for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for the preaching of God's word at City Church Melissa. We meet Sunday mornings at 8, 9:30 and 11 a.m. and we look forward to meeting you there soon. City Church Melissa, for the glory of God, the good of the city and the hope of the world. Oh, you say